0: world schooling, unschooling, alternative schooling, homeschooling, or just creating a whole new style of learning. Happy New Year's, everyone. It's the start of a new decade, really. It's 2020. Wow. Does it feel like something new is beginning for you? Or is it time for a chapter that you've been on to come to an end or to come to a close? I'm curious to know what that looks like for each of you. And I know usually at the start of a new year, it can be a time for reflection on the year past or reflection for the year to come. I mean, this is our time when we, that we always use to make goals and look at our progress or look at what we haven't progressed on and to make our New Year's resolutions. But don't forget, most people overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in 10 years. That's one of my favorite quotes that came up today as a perfectly timed reminder. It's from Bill Gates, and it's my reminder of looking at what's to come in the next decade. We put so much on what we have not done in one year, but what have we done in the last 10, or what can we do in the next 10? You know, in this next decade to come, my kids will be adults, The struggles, the fears, and excitements I have now will most likely have been faced or overcome or evolved into something else. Thinking about that gives it a bit of a different meaning in the present day, doesn't it? I think of how technology has changed in the past 10 years. What's it going to be like in the next 10 years? What about social media? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok? All of the new ones that have come along in the past few years even, how will those change in the next 10? And what about education? Will education evolve drastically as well? And what or who will be part of our lives in this next decade? It can be daunting, but it's really exciting though, isn't it? So I'm excited to see what awaits, but at the same time, I'm going to try my best to enjoy the present. And as for the podcast, I've just launched the podcast Patreon. So if you'd like to support the podcast through Patreon, just go to patreon.com honey. I'm homeschooling the kids and support the show there. And as well, through your support, you can also be part of some great additional bonuses that you'll receive for being a patron. I'm also excited to share a fantastic opportunity I had and I was able to be part of. And it will be coming out the second week of January, and it's an education summit. Uh, It's a wonderful interview. And if you are interested, just stay tuned on Instagram, Facebook, emails, social media. I'll be releasing some more information about that. Anna Alba created this education summit for parents and for educators, And she also interviewed some other fantastic guests, ones that I knew as well, Leslie Edwin from Think Equal, as well as Julie Bogart, who we're very familiar with. They were also past guests on the show. And I'm happy to be able to be part of it. So just stay tuned to hear more about it and how you can listen to some of the fantastic interviews. And now to this latest episode. I actually find that the episode to kick us off for the new year fits really well right now. I'm actually recording from Australia. My husband and kids and I are on an adventure in the land down under. We're here visiting family and re- getting reacquainted with some old friends from when we lived here years before. And you know, as many of you might know that our homeschooling journey began as a world schooling journey. And it's actually really cool to see how over time our goal for travels has also changed because so much of it now is centered on reconnecting, reconnecting the relationships that we've built over the years in the many different places that we've been with friends and family members that live in different parts of the world. So it has been a great experience so far and continues to be. But my guest today, even though I recorded this episode before we left in 2019 in Canada. It's the first one to air for the 2020 year. So, on this episode, I've interviewed Poe Tim King, and Poe is really a kindred spirit. I had a great time chatting with Poe, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it as much as I did. Poe is a homeschooling mother with four children. She's born and raised in Hong Kong. Her husband is American, and they've chosen to raise their four kids the past few years in Hong Kong. She's a former Cantonese and Mandarin teacher, a private piano teacher, who graduated from linguistics. And they are raising multilingual kids, and they're doing it very differently from everyone else around them. She's chosen to homeschool in a place where homeschooling is not very common, in a place where there is not a large homeschooling community. And in many ways, she's going on her own, and she's creating the community as she goes. If you'd like to learn more about Poe, you can go to her website, which she's created, fortunecookiemom.com, and which I have linked in the show notes. And through that link, you can also find some really cool challenges that she's offered to Honeyam Homeschooling the Kids listeners and the one we talk about in the episode too for the upcoming Chinese New Year experience that you can do at home with your kids. So I really encourage you to check it out. Go to the show notes for the link and I'd love to hear your feedback on what you think of this interview. Thank you and thank you very much, Poe, for taking the time. So today I have Po Tim King. Welcome, Po. Thank you for being on the show. Po Tim King is a homeschooling mother with four children. She is a former Cantonese and Mandarin teacher and a private piano teacher who graduated in linguistics. Since she's raising multilingual kids, she started creating her own Chinese homeschooling materials and shared them through her blog, Fortune Cookie Mom. Thank you for joining me today, Po. Thank you very much. (laughs) Letting me come here. Oh, my pleasure. I'm excited that we get to to talk. I know with our time difference, you're in Hong Kong, I'm in Canada, and we've been trying to make it work. So I'm happy we could do that today. Yeah, me too. So each family and person that joins me on Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids usually has a special learning journey that they share. And usually their life learning is based on beliefs and values around learning and how they live their life, how they express themselves. So you're from Hong Kong originally. You're born and raised in Hong Kong. Is that right? Yes, I am. Okay. And your husband is American. Yes, he is uh, half Japanese, half American. Half Japanese, He
1: really didn't speak Japanese, he speaks Cantonese and teeny little Mandarin. So kind of like me, <laughs> for language-wise.
0: Okay, okay. So, but you, you both live in Hong Kong now.
1: Yes, we are. We have, yeah, we moved uh, from Utah in the U.S. for, in Hong Kong right now, kind of, is our five years right
0: now. Five years, okay, okay. So a little while so far. So what, why did you decide to move to Hong Kong from the United States?
1: So first of all, I didn't plan on marrying um, American and Japanese, which I did. So it's great. <laughs> and he okay. did speak Cantonese and he can read and write Chinese as well. So, you know, it's part of when I talk to my husband, Cantonese and English, they are kind of mixed together. Like it's one language for mm-hmm. us. And this is kind of, you know, we know this is how we, we raise our kid. And so when we Utah, um, when my kid, when we have, uh, just have a second kid, and they're really little. And I thought, oh, we graduate, you know, where are we going to do? You know, we, my husband can find a full time job, we get settled, or I'm thinking, oh, we can we, you know, move to Hong Kong instead if we are finding job. So, or mm-hmm. we just need to fly, you know, every summer to Hong Kong for just a couple of weeks and to visit my parents and my friends. And so we think about it and. And one night, my husband said, okay, I'm finding a job. Maybe we just just move. We're like, okay. And then we did. <laughs> and then we just pretty much sell everything and we move. And one of the you know, um, good advantage for us is my husband uh, lived in Hong Kong before. So it's not a strange place for him. And it's my hometown as well. And actually, he knows better places in Hong Kong more than me. And so we sell everything and we move here. <laughs> for we plan on just a couple of years and
0: your husband learned Cantonese when he was living in Hong Kong before? Yeah, he was a
1: Latter-day Saints missionary, LDS missionary for two years in Hong Kong. And so that's how he learned Cantonese from zero.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And can I is that when you met him when he was living uh, there? No, Actually the I States?
1: I also served mission in Washington, DC. And after my mission, I went back to home in Hong Kong, and he was there. Not for mission is after mission, he just go back to went back to Hong Kong for business or visit, and then we met, and then we uh, went back to Utah together. Actually, he's he was in different school, but we are the same place, same town, so we are close, and we end up get married, <laughs> got married
0: there, and have kids. Oh wow! It's funny the world is so large but so small that you two connected that way. Yeah,
1: exactly. I didn't plan on it.
0: Yeah, I thought you both had met in university. I didn't know that. That's that that's really interesting how you both connected, managed to connect <laughs> on on uh, in that way. Yep, it is. So right now you you are homeschooling. You, how many kids do you have right now? I have four. Four. Wow. Okay. So for Hong Kong is that a pretty big family? Very big. <laughs> we
1: have a double stroller, yeah. you know, and two kids running, you know, right now three one just sit down. And actually all of them don't want to sit down anymore. But anyway, we ring out, you know, that's you need to fold the stroller to go to the the buses and everything is crazy. <laughs> and yeah, we we live in what teeny apartment and we just cram in the little teeny house and it was yeah, interesting. I never I have only my one sister when I grew up, so I never have a, you know, big family as four, <laughs> which is pretty normal for a long time in right. Hong Kong, but right now it's not. So yeah, people look at us crazy. Okay. <laughs> interesting. And we speak English when we <laughs> when we go outside. We speak English because we we thought, you know, we think, oh, we are living in Hong Kong, they have a lot of, Um you know, we have a lot of people speaking Cantonese. And my parents outside everything, so we do want to keep the English at the uh, you know good mm-hmm. enough when they go back to the state. You know, they can go to university and study as well. So we do speak English outside the house and mostly.
0: Right. Okay. So your family is very unique family for Hong Kong then, because as well the size of the family. The average family size in Hong Kong is one or two children.
1: You're right, and all or nothing. Is that Usually, right? Usually, yeah, one is normal, yeah, two is max for them. Three will be a surprise, and no one really, <laughs> not many people have four children. And our kids are pretty close. <laughs> our age, they are just mo- almost like everyone is two years apart. The last one is three years, so they are really, really close. So our oldest is eight, eight years old right now. The
0: oldest is eight, wow, okay. Yep, and people are surprised what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, when you go outside and go yep. shopping or go, yeah, it would be <laughs> you oh. probably turn head. Yep,
1: <laughs> yep, yep. You can't imagine. <laughs> we don't have Costco size, you know, right. <laughs> two seats and yeah, it's, it's a interesting. Yeah, we figure out kind of <laughs> and still <laughs> acting crazy everyone. But <laughs> plus we homeschool, so I have them whole time and. I need to take them, you know, all of them together. So it's kind of fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah, it was fun. So different for you because you're homeschooling as well. And I mean, in Hong Kong you don't often hear about homeschoolers in Hong Kong. Why did you decide to mm-hmm. homeschool in Hong Kong?
1: So I guess when we moved here we didn't I you know, our our oldest is three around. So I didn't think of education at all because when I come here, a lot of people start to ask me, oh, when your kid go to school, am I really three years old? Do we need to go to school? But at that time, most of the local kids in Hong Kong, they went to school when they're two years old or before, if their birthday is not, you know. And I don't even know the trend right now because the, I don't know what's the reason mainly, but a lot of people want to get into really good school when they're really young. So even before you have a kid. So when you're pregnant, you should start to register and line up kind of in the school that you want for preschool. Okay, I was like, wow, that's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. So they start lineups for school and planning for their future. Even the kid is, you know, not out yet. And so that's so what other people ask me. Oh, where are you? my kid go to school? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I never think about it yet. And so at that time, my, my husband was teaching in a private, um, English school, ki- uh, kindergarten school, the no, kindergarten. So, um, so he, he got a taste of, you know, they do have, you know, Cantonese teachers and Cantonese class Mandarin. So he got to, you know, see the actual behind the scenes of school in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. which he, you know, when he uh, came to Hong Kong for mission and stuff like that, he thought Hong Kong school looks like a present. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like a present. Or they are all trapped and teeny and compared to US, you know, and I have never known how big it is until I went to Utah and see, you know, their parking lot and gym and stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't. We just have a block, a building with thousands of kids all day long there. And so, you know, we discussed about it and we did Actually, put our oldest daughter in his school for a half semester when I have my third child born (laughs) in the same time. So to see, oh, maybe you know, give me some time to have the baby and adjust everything. But it turned out actually is not really good. My oldest kid, he was four years old, I think around. Yeah, she liked school, but she her behavior dropped and just changed. And in at, at the same time, we also, my husband suggests, oh, maybe we homeschool. And I heard about things like that when I went to the US in college, you know, because some people, you know, say, oh, where are you from? Oh, I homeschool. Uh, you right. Know, right. I, you know, I didn't go to school before. And so I start to learn about, you know, things like that, but I don't really actually know anything about it. And so my husband suggests me, maybe we should homeschool because. Our kid background is pretty unique than local kid. The English is way better. The kid is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a lot of kids. And And I do love teaching. Teaching is actually being a teacher in school is my dream. And so I, when we decide to have kids and decide to stay home, I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> I don't got to do that. I, I do have one year teaching in public school in the U.S. And that's it. I'm like, oh. So I was happy actually to talk about oh maybe i can teach at home to my kid so that's kind of start how i start and i do research a lot you know online and look at what how to do this what's going on uh, what's the benefits and and learn from other people and so this is how we start to decide and start doing it
0: okay okay so your family your mom and dad live in hong kong what did they say what was their reaction when You decided to homeschool your kids. Very good question. (laughs) Um,
1: Even my, I mean, my parents, they are actually pretty open. They are traditional parents, but they do, you know, learning to give me freedom, (laughs) not be a parent after I get married. (laughs) (laughs) So, my father didn't really say anything, just a father, right? Mm-hmm. Probably talked to my mom only. <laughs> but my mom talked to me, just questioned me like, oh, is that the right choice and stuff like that? But they do support me. Okay. And I try to explain, you know, the benefits and the reasons. I think my kid, you know, our family is pretty unique. Then I'm not just married a Hong Kong local guy. So. so I have more reason to support me, actually, you know. He's right. English mostly. We both... Uh, have a degree (laughs) at least not like you know don't know anything and at that time you know my kids little i'm like i can't handle abc it's not a problem (laughs) (laughs) and so you know and after that half semester you know we pull our kid out and it's pretty expensive for us so we're like oh we should just save the money and teach them abc at home and we do and in the beginning, we just you know, for me, just trying and trying to take care of three kids at the same time, and and teaching this and that, and learning how to balance, you know, not you know, uh, how to say, overdoing it because I bet at the first time homeschooling. I don't know for you, but for me, I'm like try to do everything. Oh yeah. Oh, especially the pressure in Hong Kong. Mm. The Hong Kong kid, even just two or three years ago, they go to school full time. They have extra curriculum to do you know get this certificate and get this certificate even sunday saturday they just having classes all over even three years old kid or four right. it's crazy the pressure that i need to constantly make sure oh i'm not doing this i don't care or it's not what education should be for a kid they should play and but it's i think they make me change a lot um personally and and even though I'm like an educational, you know, tour educational girl, you know, like to teach. But that really, you know, shakes me to help me to understand like really what education is for, like what learning should be. Not just, you know, take tons of classes, go to different, you know, music, dance, and try to be the best they can and go to the best school that that uh, parents desire. And this is what, you know, most of people here, it is. And it's helped me to be unique. And even though I raised and born here, I was one of the products, you know, from Hong Kong, just like them, want to be the same or, you know, everyone, don't want to, you know, miss out anything.
0: But right now I'm trying to miss out everything (laughs) for a kid. (laughs) Yeah, you're raising your children very differently from everyone around you and and from how you were raised as well. You know, I think that's a really good point that you said when you said, you know, you tried to do everything in the beginning. And I think that's a very common thing for many homeschooling parents that are just beginning. You try to do everything because you don't want your child to miss out because of you. You know, you feel so responsible. You want them to still be successful, even Mm -hmm. though, even though, quote unquote, they're homeschooling. And, And so you try and do everything maybe too much or more than Maybe what others or even ones in school would be doing, but I could imagine. Yeah, the extra pressure, um, because education is so intense in Hong Kong. Like as well, I remember mm-hmm. from China as well when we lived there, and South Korea when we lived there. It's very intense as well. So it, I think, yeah, that mm-hmm. it's commendable because it, <laughs> that extra pressure on top of that work. Everyone, you know, like I remember my friends in Korea saying. We had a conversation one day about kids doing chores and some of my friends had kids who were older than mine. So I asked if their kids did, you know, their chores or anything Mm -hmm. like that to help around the house. And everyone said, no, here, a child's job is to be a student. (laughs) That's their job. They don't do do any housework or anything. I'll do it all because their job is to study and we want them to have all the time Mm -hmm. to study so mm-hmm. yeah very Yep, <laughs> how, yep. Or how hire someone here
1: right yep it is yep I don't think I do mature like I don't think I did chore like my kid right now when I'm little you know I, I bet like my parents never graduated from high school so my parents like they're not educational pretty poor family grew up you know from so they do want you know this is our generation our, usually my generation and all parents like that not everyone is wealthy and you know, can't afford everything. So they try to, you know, give us everything the best, which is education. So they, you know, don't need to do chores, give us money, whatever. I you know, piano, do all these classes, go to the best school if they can and graduate in the university. That's, you know, our generation, the parents' dream for right. kid. And I think that's kind of like a, um, maybe a norm or, you know, a social thing for everyone, like continue like that. And right now it's more intense because. Going to university is more common and, you know, and want to get out of the country and everything. So, yeah, it's crazy here, if you want to know. (laughs) And I even grew up here. I I think it's changed a lot, you know, the environment, how people view things. And it just, I can't believe it. And so it's great to be here, you know, to understand, like, you know, closely (laughs) all these things, but... Also, it's time to go.
0: <laughs> time to go. Yeah, and, I understand but it's that. Great. Well, I
1: think yeah. that yep, the opposition really help our family to understand what we want. Right. I don't know if like, we just stay in U.S. and settle and we just be normal U.S. family right. learning Chinese, trying to teach my kid Chinese. That's about it. But this circumstances really, at least right now, like helping me to know exactly what we want and we don't want.
0: Right. That's very clear. Yeah, absolutely. I get that, right? The opposition has really helped you to be clear on what you want and what you don't want. Absolutely, yeah. Because, yeah, you're making that decision to be strong and clear in that decision. So, you know, I also want to know, are there very many other homeschoolers around you in Hong Kong? Is there a very big homeschooling community? Uh, Actually,
1: not really. First of all, because I have four kids, I don't often can carry and drag all my kids go to public transportation and attend the meetings and activity. <laughs> and most where I live, which is I just live right, you know, with my parents around the hometown, where I live is not a lot of foreigners. And so I know that there are a lot of homeschoolers, they homeschool in Hong Kong because they are foreigner or like me, like part, like their spouse is, you know, foreigner. So they're not completely both <laughs> Hong Kong local people and so you know where they live they used to live in a little you know further place with better environments or a little wealthy place and i just live you know the local <laughs> place and so it's pretty far for me uh, especially for a kid so i don't i got to went one time pretty much like a big party you know with a lot of homeschoolers and for the community i i do go to you know first of all i went to a facebook group and they do have like three or two or three or right now four I think there's some private one as well just for the district or the area and so they do have you know Facebook group and try to you know get along with everyone and you know to find groups play day and things like that they do have a meetup group it's called the Hong Kong homeschool meetup group I try to you know the first thing I go is just try to register there and they do need to go to pretty far place for me to meet up and myself to have meetings i'm like that's not possible so i end up kind of i think i'm kind of alone (laughs) homeschooling all by myself here yeah yeah (laughs) so i think one of the things i started a blog helped me a lot okay because i feel like kind of you know not much support and a lot of support is you know i can get is i can get english resources i can get a whole you know tons of bloggers they you know from, they can do English and stuff like that. So, you know, that's why I started my blog because I don't find much much Chinese stuff. But on the other hand, you know, I, I get to know them, but they are, you know, far away and stuff. And so a lot of, there's some, um, actually there are two, three or four, at least, um, Hong Kong homeschool or people who, parents who are teaching ch- kids Chinese in Hong Kong. And they contact me through my blog and it's interesting, there you know, so they so we, they want to meet up, so they want to see how I homeschool, even though they are just living in Hong Kong. But through my blog, they contact Ooh, we contact, we right. you know, we get to know each other. So, and I say, oh, I can't come see you, sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's too far, or you know, except you are right, you know, in the neighborhood. So they they come to my home. So we have played. They mostly is people visit me at my home. Okay. So not like we I go to a group, but
0: people do come to me. <laughs> nice. nice. yeah. Thanks. So this is how I re-socialize Okay, That's what I was going to ask you because, um, you know, if you were feeling a bit lonely or on your own in that way, but isolated, what have you done to help that? Or how are you handling that? But yeah, starting, that's a great way. You've brought people to you instead of having to go out, which is, you know, out in search of mm-hmm. it. So that's great. That is fantastic. <laughs> I remember in Korea when we lived in in Seoul that many of the homeschoolers were expats as well or the same maybe one parent is from yeah, another yeah. country the other parent is Korean or they were Korean American where they their background was Korean mm-hmm. but they were American you know th- different circumstances like that so I understand that for sure how that how that works and in in Hong Kong when you homeschool do you have to register? Are they very strict on that? What are the rules around homeschooling and the laws around homeschooling in Hong Kong?
1: Well, actually, this is everyone question I'm sure mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and to me is a gray area. We develop you know compulsory um, law for all children who are six to fifteen they must go to school okay. so you know if not you get in jail pretty much okay and um, but they do have they didn't say they they didn't say they encourage us to homeschool but they didn't this you know it's not illegal okay <laughs> so then pretty much no law or there's some law like in between and so that's that's why you know in facebook group you can see hundreds and hundreds family there um but i know they have a department in the hong kong education department you can register and they do have a teeny, teeny, tiny apartment. A uh, department, sorry, a uh, department to have uh, you know officer to come and check on you, make sure you're not just trapping your kid alone doing nothing, you know. But actually teaching them, you know, okay. have curriculums and activity and stuff like that. But I didn't register because I we are planning on moving away. But for circumstance that we're still in Hong Kong, waiting. <laughs> Hopefully it's work out and. And, you know, um, so, you know, our, our background is unique and I search it and they have different circumstances that you don't have to register. But a lot of friends, they are local Hong Kong parents, which is not common. I do know some, they are both, you know, from mm-hmm. Hong Kong, the parents, they do register because they they settle in Hong Kong. They are the local people in Hong Kong that do not like the educational system, mm. don't like the school, the kids you know, deep poorly. And so they pull their kid out from school by hurting, you know, heard about homeschooling things can, you know, what they can do. And so they do need to register because they are the local people here, okay. but they do have a, a, par- a department like that. Okay. As well.
0: Okay. Interesting. I get the sounds similar to South Korea as well in that way. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 It's easier for, if you are a South Korean resident, um, and you are, you know, born and raised there, living there, raising your kids there. Um, you can, and there's certain allowances and circumstances. But as they get older, it gets very difficult to do that. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think if you mm-hmm. are from another country or an expat, yeah. or you know, um, the, yeah, there's probably allowances, right? They, like you said, there's gray areas, right, that they don't strictly enforce mm-hmm. in that way. So
1: yeah yeah and yeah like they don't really do much i guess right. <laughs> but yeah like if you're a local you afraid you know so right. they want to make sure everything's safe and so they register so there's a choice so i think i saw a blog post about like last year how many they have only i think 18 family in the entire hong kong register yeah. only of course they're not just 18 family home swing in hong yeah, kong
0: yeah. but they're registered with that
1: uh, yeah. department so this is They're trying to help, and mostly the department they come check on you. I I heard it from my friend because they did register, and they come check on you. You know, do evaluation. You know, things like that to try to ask you to go back to school. That's what they do. Yes, (laughs) yeah, of
0: course.
1: Yeah, they think, "Yep, the school is the best." So don't go there. They think, (laughs) "Why are you not in there?" That's what they do. (laughs)
0: Why? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> so and, another way that you are also unique too is that because your family is bilingual. So, and you talked about, you had missed the Chinese mm-hmm. resources that you had wanted to teach your kids and have for your kids as well, because you're raising them in a Cantonese and English environment. You also speak Mandarin. So are you actively, how does that work for your family? You speak Cantonese at home, English outside, you blend it, you what, what do you do for that and how what do you, what are your suggestions for raising bilingual children
1: I know they have our method they have people you know do one parent one language yeah. right so if for our case you know I will be speaking Cantonese completely. And my husband will speak English completely. But my husband no Cantonese too. And I do know English too. And our kid knows <laughs> I can speak English. So it's getting hard. <laughs> so I didn't start like right there, born, you know. So that make it difficult because they will, you know, speak English to me and they expect, you know, different things. But um, so I'm not those perfect bilingual family <laughs> that follow the exact rules. And especially we change our environment. So before we we're in the U.S., right now we're in oh. Hong Kong. So, um, so you know we're changing. So because um, I have also learned about you know input and output, you know bilingual things like that in school when I'm you know in college for linguistics. So I you know not measuring, but I try to you know make sure I have enough output uh, input for the, you know, minority language. So right now we're in Hong Kong. So we are thinking, oh, you know, Cantonese will be more. And right now we are living exactly with my parents. Before we are not, we are in separate apartment. But right now we are living with my parents in their apartment. So my kid have more chance to speak or listen at least Cantonese Mm -hmm. here. So we do half and half, you know. I do English and Chinese in the same time, kind of not, you know, focus on just Chinese. But we're planning on when we go back to the U.S., we both try to <laughs> just speak Cantonese because the environment, the friends outside are all right. English. And this is what i planning Right, on. okay. Yep, so we just, you know, try to. Just, and I, yeah, and I think it's kind of unique because my husband speaks Cantonese yes. as well. yeah. Not like he will completely speak it. I don't know, like, for him, he will mostly speak English and... But for me, I'm, I'm speaking English too. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> and some Chinese as well. So I'm trying to change to make it. And I'm sure some the reason is because my kids will listen to me easier when they speak English. So I get things done faster. Okay, so I need to change it up and start to, you know, switch it to Cantonese more to them. So makes everyone struggle more.
0: <laughs> and to your parents, do they speak Cantonese? Yep, so,
1: um, when they're with you. Yeah, they completely can't. My mom know a little English, but pretty much pretty okay. bad. <laughs> but she can understand what we some of the things. If we speak slower, she will understand what we're talking about, but she will she will not respond in English at all. And so they are completely, you know. Can Okay, so
0: speaking with their grandparents, that's the really
1: language. So my kid got to, you know, yeah, They will read books and talk my wife. So my kid really good, like they switch. Like kids is yeah. smart are smart like when they go out they want to talk to someone they switch completely so for them i mean i don't understand completely their mind but for them just like us like both language are one i hope Mm. (laughs) english a little bit more but as you know we live here uh longer and canton is more comfortable and they learn more reading in chinese and things like that so and this is uh, my hope. I don't need them to be excellent in Cantonese, like at chemically, like like me, mm-hmm. right? But I do need them to able to, you know, survive. Of course, they can talk, they can confidently do it. And um, I hope they will be willing to learn on their own, you know, not by me to force right. them, for them in the future yeah, as well. Okay.
0: And what about reading and writing? Yep. Are they doing both languages or
1: focusing on that yeah um english are excellent yeah english my oldest kid finished harry potter in six at uh, seven oh. months all of them i don't even finish <laughs> one english she's yeah, they are bookworms like amazingly just eats the book <laughs> so english i have no problem like i do you know just give them you know a lot of I go to the library, read a lot of books which my oldest one complained. Hong Kong library, like the library that we have right next to you know, really close to our area is teeny. She she needs more. I'm like, I can't always take you out all far away to go to the big okay. library. But we do try. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, English we are good, kind of, you know, we she's up level and stuff like that. But for Chinese, um my approaches, I don't I try to not compare with other moms, you know, on Facebook and stuff like how early they obtain how many thousands of Chinese characters. Uh, My approach, especially, you know, become a homeschooler, helped me to understand or want them to feel interest and self-motivate before I, you know, push them, you know, how many thousand and train them and stuff like that. So I do pretty relaxed, I think, as a local, you know, I'm a native Chinese speaker, right? So I'm pretty relaxed to not forcing them learning or memorizing all these characters by whatever age. So I hope, I don't know, is it, you know, the best way, but I do, um hoping my kid to, willing to learn Chinese for the long run. I do not want them to, because I heard about a lot of, you know, especially like ABC, like Chinese born American, or people that they need to, their parents force mm-hmm. them, pretty much put them in the Saturday yes. or weekend Chinese school when they go to the US, right? They hated
0: it. I have many friends who have done that, yes, yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, they hated it. They have no playtime, right? Like, they lost the playtime to go to school, yeah. and I'm sure like, even though they're in US, those Chinese teachers teach just like in China, sitting in school, which I I was an uh, immersion Chinese teacher, like, helping in, in the US before I they're better, right, how they act, at, like, you know, the, the environment and stuff. But they, they are, you know, local <laughs> Chinese people. And mm-hmm. so they need kids to sit down, they need to obey, they need to raise their head, which, of course, they have our rules more than, you know, with the English teacher. So I I hope my kid you know, enjoy learning Chinese and understand the purpose of it, mm-hmm. not just, okay, because... I'm part of Chinese, my mom is Chinese, so I need to learn Chinese. I don't want to do that. I want them to really feel interest to understand the culture and how amazing this language it is and how much they can understand and learn better to the world, to the people, you know, um, through learning more languages. So Mm. I'm just following their pace. And if they want more, I feed them more. If they don't want it, I will back off a little and keep doing <laughs> but try not to force them and just you know characters every day Curtis every day but and I think it's doing pretty right. good for my oldest one she's reading more books Chinese book right now her writing is not she don't really like to write it and I don't want to force her but I'm just gradually help her especially to I think recognizing the characters the order more important to prepare her when she want to write she can write it the stroke order as well So this is my approach right right now.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's very clear. I understand that too. And it it is interesting as well because, again, that like you said, you don't compare it to the other moms on Facebook about they're talking about their children's ages and how many thousands of characters they're making them learn. It's a very Mm -hmm. different approach as well to how how you're doing that too. Do Do some parents ask you, do you kind of get a strange look or, why or uh, you know they don't understand that you're um i guess it's, in a way to say it would be allowing your kids to have so much um freedom
1: yep this is what i think you term it. oh yeah like just <laughs> parents like, oh you should not i mean they can choose but you should not give them so much choice kid need to be you know disciplined pretty much right like we are in hong kong or china right. or south korea they are a disciplined country <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, everything rules like mm-hmm. like how we a tradition is oh if you don't form them if you don't discipline them before you know three or four you're done like they're toast they are not going to be good they are not going to listen and so this is what my tradition this is how i grew up like being the best kid for my parents or for anyone who view me like right teachers or and being you know, research being a homeschooler, researching how other, you know, Western, you know, US or Canada or how their approaches really change me and I'm trying to balance like I, I do they I think they do need a limit, right? Of course, like, I don't just let them, you know, go hunt a bird mm-hmm. in Hong Kong or try to be illegal, you know, to step on all the grass, which is one of the rules. We can't, we can't really step on grass here. It's crazy.
0: But anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, it sounds, I know. Maybe listeners are like, what? Yes, but I remember that as well. Yeah, some grass at parks, even going to a park, some grass is off limits. Yes. <laughs>
1: yep, yeah, that's how I grew up. And yeah, is I think it's pretty terrible for a kid and you know and we, of course we do need to respect rules here and i try to explain to them um but you know um trying to <laughs> break this and try to have give my kid freedom i think this is one of the things that i'm learning as well through homeschooling you know so yeah there are of people mm-hmm. like just like oh why their chinese is still not very good or something or I'm like, oh, you know my husband's American, so of course. <laughs> and, you know, we want to settle and in go into English, you know, American <laughs> university. We're not in Chinese, so. And, in you know, in Hong Kong university, most people use, I mean, English is a main language as well, even though they don't have a good accent and sound, things like that. But ac- academically in Hong Kong, when I'm starting to become high school, everything is English except Chinese subject. So English is huge, is important, you know, it's not like, yeah. so, yeah, so Chinese is just a heritage, or, uh, you know, for me, it's not the main thing to teach them, and so, yeah, I, I don't want to, you know, want my kid right. to not right. want, like, hate Chinese, because I'm, I know there's a lot of ch- cases like that, kids, like, especially when they grow up, you know, I can imagine my kid grow up, go back to U.S., have tons of friends, peers, they, are uh, just, you know, local there and, and so i don't want to force them you know and hate the chinese and give up completely because i can't control them especially when they're older and so i don't i do want them to understand that mm. you know like the important is before you know i force them
0: <laughs> right yeah you want them to have it it has this meaning for them not doing it yep. because you said so for you but when yep. they doing when they themselves. own it or when they They have their own, yeah, exactly. It has that much more meaning and power for them. They will use it that much more and, yeah, appreciate it that much more as well. I understand, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I I think that's the way to teach something like minority language is don't force them. They have no way you chuck or put all the information that you know to your kid's brain. There's no way. The only way they will learn or want to learn is when they interest things. And that's, you know, part of the belief, I'm sure, for homeschooler, right? You want our, We want our kids to passion passionate about something, have things to interest, and then they will study, explore, and to find it out on their own instead of, like, you know, the traditional Hong Kong educational system. Sit here, let, getting lecture all day long, learning things that the teacher or the education department think you need, but not the kids need.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so this part of you know, yeah. I'm sure the entire world this is the culture as well, you know, public school culture pretty much. And so I'm trying to adapt, you know, the the principle from homeschooling to teaching Chinese as well. I think that fit for how naturally people, you know, a kid, how we learn or how we want to learn and. Because when they grow up, they, or, you know, in their mind and their spirit, or you can say you can't control what they listen or what they want to learn.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Well, it helps, it helps shape them to become responsible for themselves. You, 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 mm-hmm. you know, that's something you practice, even some adults that still are practicing that, right. And the earlier you're able to do it, you know, the hope is that mm-hmm. you, you master it for yourself earlier as well. So that when you are an adult, that you have that, you have that understanding and mm-hmm. you can live your life that way as well. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. know you would, you had you, mentioned that you're planning to move to the United, back to the United States. Is everyone ready for the, will your mother and father stay in Hong Kong?
1: Yes, they, they are here. They They don't have, i mean they can go travel but they will be in hong kong completely (laughs) and we'll move back to the u.s with my husband's family
0: okay and is it a move you're looking forward to is it it's time to leave right now you feel that it it's time to go or would you like to stay longer if
1: we are ready a year ago (laughs) sorry we're ready a year ago we're getting ready we just right now we're just getting ready for my document and stuff. So it's me is the problem. My kid, my husband can all leave (laughs) anytime. And it's, it is our plan. You know, we never want to stay, you know, in Hong Kong completely. We just want to pretty much, uh, help my kid, you know, to live in the culture, be with my parents when they are really little before they really need the education. I never think, you know, plan a home school. So I'm thinking, Oh, when they're little, they come to Hong Kong for a couple of years, enjoy you know being with my parents and then we moved back and uh, they have school that's the original plan <laughs> and so everything changed kind of and we're still here we're stuck we homeschool. um so yeah life change. <laughs> and plus right now of course we didn't know what happened you know the political things we change up crazy right now so we are uh, you know getting anxious and we need to get out of the country <laughs> but not because of that, yeah. we want to get out. We, when we first moved here for the first couple of years, we just feel the stress and pressure of everything. Especially when our our family growing bigger and bigger, we are like oh, we can breathe. <laughs> it's crazy here. It's great, right. but in the same time, we our kid needs space. Our kid, you know, need to see more things except just trapping there. And so we are getting ready to move on right now. <laughs> We're all ready.
0: <laughs> right right okay yeah i understand that and and are, what about your your children your four children are they ready to leave as well or is it really feel like home for them now
1: uh i don't want the little one but my oldest one they're yeah they're they're ready they my husband not brainwashed but we talk about oh partner just like that we're gonna go fishing hiking hunting <laughs> they're like what what is that well i want to do that i want to do this and i'm trying to tell them oh you probably won't see grammar right here right anymore you know except we visit no. them oh really but it's okay you know we can use the internet i'm like oh, yep you're right <laughs> so they're, they're excited they want to have a change <laughs> and you know kid you know they want to try new things and and the yeah, different thing yeah. another yeah. parent grandparent yep so we are all mentally everything ready we're just waiting for the document really <laughs>
0: Okay. And and is the environment right now what's happening politically and around Hong Kong is that going to slow your process at all or you don't know really. Every everything is just uncertain right now.
1: I don't know. We we cannot do anything with the US government. But I know the the uh, when we applied the document last year, the time right now it extend. So we 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 are waiting longer a little. So I ho- we hope in this okay. couple of weeks or something we will know be notified and so we are waiting we are really 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 close actually <laughs> So we're notified we get okay. interview and everything okay. and and we can leave anytime so we are just at the edge waiting the last moment you know just like you know you're pregnant like right. forty thirty nine 39 weeks right now <laughs> right
0: <laughs> ready to go ready to pop yeah <laughs> yep and we don't know when <laughs> <laughs> so can i ask is is are things still pretty um unsettled there right now in hong kong
1: um in this month or this three weeks is calm everything calmed down after like they have a fire like kind of war thing in the university and that's it i don't know no one knows what we're going there i just see people you know kind of try to protesting, you know, putting poster on the wall and stuff. But other than that, nothing really happened anymore. All the transportation getting being settled start to everything going back. And so we'll see what happened. I don't know. But at, at least these three weeks I think we have a calmest week that we didn't have for this six yeah. months or nine months. Yep. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's. I, I've been watching it. I've been watching and wonder. And it was all over the news here, obviously, in the very beginning. And then it gets a bit quiet, and so I wonder yep, what happened yep, we because I they, haven't heard very much. So I check mm-hmm, again. They block yeah. news,
1: you know. So they try not to get okay, out. Yep. They do.
0: Okay, right, right. And do you, and does you does everyone feel safe? Does your family feel safe? For to us, we
1: don't. That's why we want to get out. We, to us, it's not. But for my parents, they can't do anything. They're here. They're stuck <laughs> they hopefully yeah. peacefully chances everything like they cannot do anything pretty much. I'm sure there's right. a lot of local people, except your money to immigrant, if not, you just stuck here, so either you you know try to try to protest for your freedom or you just follow. That's about it, sadly, yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess I encourage any listeners that are un- do not know very much about Hong Kong and the history and what is happening now, I encourage you to read about it and to learn about it. it. I mean it's a long a long history, you know, and you know, Hong Kong is very different from mainland China. I mean, even the language from southern China to Hong Kong is Cantonese and mainland really is more Mandarin. But I mean, there's the British influence and the Macau and the Portuguese mm-hmm. influence, and there's a the hundred-year yep. lease and the changes when that ended, and then mainland China took over again, and it's just been. Um, there was some, I think, how many years leeway did they give for the transition? I can't remember. Once the hundred-year lease was over, and then fifty. 50 okay, and, and are we 50.
1: fifty years right now? It's twenty-five, something okay. like that. We are halfway, halfway through. through.
0: Okay. So yeah. Yep. So it's yeah, mm-hmm. Hong Kong has lived as a very different country. Is <laughs> has been a very different country for mainland China for quite a long time. Yep. Um different like history has been different, language has been different, mm-hmm. food is even different. I remember being in Shanghai and going to Cantonese restaurants. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's not the same. <laughs> and yeah, so it's a yeah, huge transition and I know it's uncertain and that but part of it the Is being uncertain. You don't know what is going to happen as well, right? So, yeah, I'm thinking about your family for sure. That's
1: why people are anxious. Yeah,
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. So I actually wanted as well, I think I had asked you to, because when I had gone to your website, your website is fortunecookiemom.com, right? Yes. And I encourage anyone to go to your website. It's a great (laughs) website. And going back to even maybe if we can talk about the language and I brought, I brought this up. I don't know if you know what I'm going to ask you next about math, <laughs> uh-huh. but what it was really interesting on your website, you have, um, how the multiplication tables, how to learn the multiplication tables in Chinese. Mm-hmm. And it, it's quite different than the way we do it in English, right? You know, there's. I, I, I had a guest on my show. Her name is Taru Clavel, and she was on my show a little while ago. And she's actually um, she's American. Her mom is Japanese. Her mm-hmm. father was like, American, white American, mm-hmm. but she was raised like she spoke Japanese at home. Her mom, her parents ended up divorcing, so she lived with her mom mostly full time, and they just spoke Japanese. Mm-hmm. She felt Japanese was her first language when she went. Even when she went to school, she said she felt Japanese. She spoke more Japanese than English. And, um, her children, they ended up her husband and herself and her children ended up moving to Hong Kong, oh. then to Shanghai, and then to Japan. Mm-hmm. and then now they're back in the u s. And so we had a great conversation because she sent her kids to public school in um all of those places in Hong Kong, Shanghai, and Japan. And um she talked about how you know they went to an international school, very nice international school at first, and then she changed to the local public school, and she said, it was very bare bones, prison like. <laughs> was the way she described it. Mm-hmm. She ended up loving it. They ended up like because she wanted her kids to become um, fluent, right? They they learned Cantonese, Mandarin, Japanese, oh my, um, <laughs> and English, of course. Mm-hmm. So we we talked about how also the structure of the language between Cantonese and Mandarin and English, even when you're counting and learning math, is quite different so the I know you have the multiplication tables or charts on your website mm-hmm. uh, that we can get that are in Chinese, but can you explain a little bit how even when you were young, how you were taught because I know there's there's rhyming you know the numbers rhyme how it seems just to be an easier process than it is in English. Mm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, of course, and so right now, my oldest kid
1: is eight, so it's time for to memorize the multiplication and which for the local kid, they start to memorize when they're six. <laughs> she is super late, <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, wow. um, so I'm like, oh, I guess we start. <laughs> so this is how I learned multiplication as well. We have some multiplication table is like you know a song, a poem, and actually there was known in very early time from China about seven hundred to four hundred BC. So like long, long, long time, you know, already exists. Which I have no idea until I. Have this blog post. It's so a whole table actually begins with, you know, 1 times <laughs> 1 equal to 1 and ends with 9 times 9 equals 81. That's about it. We do add like 9 times 10 equal to 90. Right. Those are easy. But that's the entire table. So the just a single digit multiplication. And, you know, how they pattern, you know, pretty much you just memorize 1 times 1 equal to 1, 1 times 2 equal to 2, and etc. Um, but how they form the language, not just the Chinese um, numbers. They do have a little characters to make it like times or equals, Um, make it similar. And so, um, I just said, yep, (laughs) I'm just counting in my mind Chinese. Anyway, um, so, um, (laughs) so they make it like really, like easy to rhyme and Mm -hmm. the patterns. And so like when you read it, um, you can memorize easier. So I, I don't know how you learn it, but I asked my husband, like, how do you learn it? American, right? Like, oh, just read it, the, whatever, the 100 multiplication chart, you know, the the one to 100 chart and the square mm-hmm. and you just read it, read it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's all. We are pretty much actually the same, but it's translated in English. And so like first, if I, if, you know, if you learn it, you will learn at least how to pronounce all the Chinese numbers, right? One to ninety, and all you know. So you know how to pronounce it, and then second you know you read it, you know, and then I will add some beat or clapping hands. But they are really short, and so it's the difference between you know how you say in English or Chinese is the syllables. So for example, um, in English, if you say two times one equal to two, you have. Two times one equal to two. Seven syllables in the entire sentence, but in Chinese, four syllables. Right. 二一如二. 二一, er yi ru uh, Done. That's all. That things yeah. is done. And so when you when we have competition, you know, we want to know two times one equal to what? We you know, you have a flash card yeah. like that. And then, so in my mind, I would just say two one like yeah. 二一, 二一如 and then I have. Um, the answer already. Instead, of, I need to count two times one equal to a oh, uh, two or whatever. So that makes Chinese multiplication, you know, f- when you do quick math, that we did very fast because I think the language is the syllables, you know, is easier and you know shorter everything.
0: Right. The syllables are shorter. It, it's the rhyming. It is. It's easier just to pick up in that way. Mm-hmm yeah yeah absolutely and you have this available on your website as well yep i do and i make okay. it prettier <laughs>
1: yeah. one of the reasons i make a blog is we, you know we can't find a lot of resources online chinese resources and all the resources i know is in my mind i need to right. you know write down or stuff like that. this is why I, I i did you know make up some books, and write it down when I'm US, you know, to help my kid to get more resources because I can, you know, spill out everything from my mind. That's all. And then I remember when I teaching I was teaching in the US and I I really love like their printable, their worksheet, their classroom is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Colorful, their theme, like Hong Kong is like bland, like nothing. <laughs> Just a block <laughs> there. So I'm like, hmm, I think like, you know, and you also see online all the bloggers and stuff, or they have beautiful resources, like beautiful, like real, like not just black and white words, you know, that's what we have. And so I'm like, I do want to make it prettier, not just for pretty, but I think it will be benefit for kids who want to use it. Right. And so I make the multiplication table prettier, pretty much. <laughs> and so my kid can, you know, or other people can print it out, you know, as a bookmark or a tinny. I have made three versions of a poster, you know, just A4 size, a smaller one, like a flashcard, and also a bookmark. So they can print it out, you know, the kid can carry, and my kid carry and read it and stuff like that.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to include all of these links, to your website, on the show notes. I I'll, I'll even link that page as well on the show notes, and also um, so everyone can go and direct.
1: Yeah. And actually, I made a page. I made a page oh, for you. Oh, you did. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I will send it to you. I made a page specific Aww, for you, me. and with all the links, and so they don't need to search, and you don't need to. So I can send a I, perfect yeah, I mean, thank you yeah you, if you could
0: send that that would be fantastic <laughs> wonderful thank you very much i appreciate that yes yes make it, may, may it mm-hmm. a lot easier for listeners no then. problem yeah no problem. well i know <laughs> we are getting close to our time here and yep. <laughs> it's um i think saturday morning for you friday night here for me is that right is it saturday morning and i and mm-hmm. i'm sure your yeah uh, your, your household is yes. probably getting busy, yes. so. I guess I would, you know, one last one last question <laughs> I would like to ask because Fortune Cookie Mom is your blog, and I I get the motivation to start it. I'm actually really really happy that you started it. Is there anything that you're working on now that is new that we can look out for in the future, or are you just focused right now on the big move? Because I know that is a big thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I do preparing the coming Chinese New Year. Right. Usually <laughs> my Blog really, you know, people went went to my blog mostly. The highest point is Chinese New Year, Me Autumn Festival, Dragon Boat, so those Chinese festival time, and so I'm preparing uh, actually a free challenge next month and a workshop as well. Before we move, wow, okay, <laughs> I want to end well and then because I don't know how long I will, you know, kind of ready to keep my blog normal until i settle everything so i'm you know and we are stuck we do nothing so i'm preparing a free challenge five-day challenge for to help um parents you know um how to introduce the language Um, i know like there are a lot of people especially also homeschooling right like people ask how to start like where they want shortcuts they want the best easiest way um no um you know, for language, of course, I cannot just give them a shortcut, or I can give them tips and what I experience. So I actually creating an online course, which also with this challenge, to help parents to support and to help their kids to prepare them to learn this language. Um, you know, we can easily to go to find a online tutor or this and that. And put them in school, especially if you don't know Chinese or just start. But I feel like we do able to prepare um, for our kid mentally and, you know, uh, physically first. So when you really start le- teaching them Chinese, they're able to not feel weird. Like for me, even though I speak Chinese to them when they are born, not co- like completely 100%, but I do speak Cantonese, you know, when, I, when they start, you know, they, they was born, you know. So it should not be strange, but for my kids, still feel really strange for them. They, they know this is not their native language. And so I want to try to create programs and a challenge like that to help help parents, especially I know that a lot of parents start with zero. They don't know any Chinese. They want to raise their kids learning Chinese and how to actually prepare a home to uh, make it a family thing, how to introduce this language kind of like introduce a new babysitter for them before even before they actually start learning any Chinese at all um so I think that's one of the key to help them for a the long run like for the kid to really interested to learn Chinese is not just force them okay Chinese study because we like it maybe <laughs> um, it's cool uh, it's trendy so we learn it
0: Okay so you are preparing you are preparing something for the Chinese New Year which you're going to have ready quite soon is that my understanding
1: Yep so I'm preparing a free challenge it's called a 5-day Chinese motivation challenge next month on 13 to 17 which is right before Chinese New Year happening So um so that Um, challenge we have five days to learn and i want to help parents to support and help their kid to learn how to introduce chinese language even before they start to put their kids to any chinese classes or formal teaching at all because i realized a lot of time we just you know okay start learning chinese and read a lot of books go 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 but um especially for young kids i like to my kid as well, even though I speak Chinese to them when they was born right off, right. They still feel Chinese strange to them. Uh, they don't feel comfortable. So I'm having a challenge like that to help us or help parents to learn how to, you know, actually cultivate, to prepare, um, anything, like everything happen or, uh, to start anything at all and then so after that um when they introduce or teach their chinese uh, teach their kid chinese they have more success actually and you know both parents and kids will be more enjoyable if not like you know you need to force them or try everything feel overwhelming nothing work but hopefully this will actually help them to feel comfortable and kids can be ready uh, to understand and feel interested to learn about china or Chinese mm-hmm. language. So in these five days, I'm going to provide all the materials. They're printables, fun and cute. Actually, I'm excited. Um, resources and lesson plans. Um, and all they need, all the participants, they need to just sign up and they prepare the materials because we will do some activities and stuff and I cannot give them, you know, the ping pong ball and stuff like that. And they just follow the lesson with us, with me. And I'm doing kind of like a live challenge with them. So uh, every day I would give out the lesson plan and I would do it with my kid and I would post it in on our Facebook group, which is Homeschooling Chinese and English Pre-K slash K group. And I would put it in the link. Um, and then everyone do that in the whole world. And this is our third time. I did it last year for two times and it was amazing that to see you know all the parents they did it. They really posted it in Facebook, and everyone see F- well, how everyone did the same lessons. And of course, we tweet it and you know mix and match. And is awesome, and it's super fun to see you know how other people do except just me all the time. And yeah, so day one we're going to learn about Chinese New Year, reading books and board games that I create with it. So I create some books, really simple books, and a some board game to go with it, to learn some characters from it. And the second day, we'll make some Chinese New Year decoration. Third day, we're going to create and set up a Chinese restaurant for role-playing at home. So that's my first time to make, um, you know, other printable. printables. So it will be super fun. <laughs> okay. And the fourth day, we're going to uh, play Chinese New Year version of Minute to Win It as a Family. And the last day, we're going to evaluate, discuss, and make plans together for the coming year. And so that's the five days, all the days, you know, for the challenge. And I didn't have a sign-up yet, (laughs) but I'm going to, you know, well, actually, they have a sign-up, sorry. (laughs) They have a landing page, not specific for that, but for my just join any free challenge landing page. So they can start to sign up and they will get notification and to be ready, get ready to, to, you know, have fun with this five days challenge together.
0: Yeah, please provide those links and then we can share them here as well. And what's the age, what's the youngest uh, you would recommend for doing this challenge?
1: There's some like, you know, pretend play or minute to win it. they can be younger. And I think around three, you can start with three. Reading books, those is, like what I create. those books is pretty simple, is a very beginner and decoration is not hard at all, like my three years old they they all start like around three years old, and of course, a parent to help them, you know, but yeah, they can be really young and to older kids like yeah, so the restaurant you just see how you play with it and stuff, okay, fantastic, so they can start with around three, I think that will be perfect,
0: okay, yeah,- mm-hmm. we will be overseas, we'll be closer to your time zone. And, um, I think we'll try it cause I'll be with my niece and nephew as well. And my niece, my nephew might be a little <laughs> bit young, my niece is three. And I think she probably with my kids, with her cousins, she'd probably be, we'll see if she wants to participate with us then. And the interesting thing is she's, her mom is half Chinese, so it has, you know, it, it would be, uh, oh. yeah, different things that they, they do yeah. or as well. So. Yeah, that's fantastic. So if you could share the link, and I'll share that in the show notes and on the website.
1: One of the thing I make these challenges. I feel like we do have our resources, and but not a lot, but they do have some bloggers or homeschooler they teaching Chinese, right? And they will show you know every day what they do, the activity. Try to that you know that they, they are inspired that inspiration, you know, and so we try to copy it, but I do feel like, you know, especially for the social media, for myself, like homeschooling ideas and lessons, it's overwhelming, like, right, mm-hmm. you just scroll, yeah. and oh, she did this, amazing, uh, he did that, a lot, a lot, You just keep scrolling down, a lot of things in your brain, but, and end up, I didn't do anything, I'm Like, oh, that's cool, but, like, what, <laughs> <laughs> so this challenge, I hope, you know, to help people to really get started. And to try on their own because we tend to just, you know, scroll everything in our Instagram or Facebook. But we we don't have the you know like courage to really start, especially like teaching uh, languages, right? It's kind of scary. Like I don't know what to do and stuff. So hopefully, like this kind of challenge can help parents or even they they have English translation everything and they have um, Pinyin, they have Cantonese romanization. So I make it for. Pretty much everyone can participate. Wow! Okay. Um, so even though you never started, you decide to start, um, you can use it. And they have all these different traditional simplified uh, Chinese cha- uh, characters as well. And so, you know, whatever you are, like whatever Chinese language or version you want to learn, you got it in the cha- uh, challenge as well. Okay, so help, help is help <laughs> everyone to get started.
0: That's awesome because I think probably some shy away from it. Some parents because they feel that they don't know the language themselves, so they don't know how they can introduce it to their children. So mm-hmm. I think this is a great introduction. So wonderful! I'm excited. Okay, thank you for being on the show and taking the time. It was a pleasure speaking with you. I really enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, I appreciated that. And um, I hope your journey to the United States goes well and smoothly and safe. <laughs> and I'll, thank I'll you. continue to be in touch. I'll yep, thank you. To follow you. Can we, so you have a Facebook page, you have Instagram, you have your website, all fortune cookie mom. Yep. And Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep.
1: Perfect. Yep. Um. Yeah. And Pinterest. They have a slightly, the, the Twitter and Pinterest need to be really short. So I, I will send all this link there as well to you. Wonderful. But other than that, just fortune cookie mom or fortune cookie M or something, <laughs> you know, they have, you cannot fit everything yeah. in it sometimes.
0: Yeah. I know honey, I'm homeschooling the kids. is a long one. Yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Perfect. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, leave a review or comment. I'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas and reflections on the episode. You can go to the website, imhomeschooling.com or email me directly, robin at imhomeschooling.com.